0: Hello, and welcome to Keeping It DL.
1: Where David, myself,
0: and Liz, that's me, navigate through our relationship
1: and feature couples who are near and dear to our hearts,
0: sharing moments of laughter, perspective, and love to you all.
1: So Liz, what's on the DL this week?
0: For this episode, we're going to take you back to the summer of 2014 when we first met, how we became friends, and the trajectory of our relationship.
1: So in 2014, I was a fourth year student at the University of Ontario, aka Western University, as they call it nowadays. And also, let's go Mustangs! (laughs) I was fortunate enough to inherit my dad's old uh, Toyota Corolla. It was a 2009 Toyota Corolla with probably 150,000 kilometers on there, which we passionately call ARNs, based off my license plate. I started a carpool service. So I used to drive back to Toronto quite often. I would say probably bi weekly I go back to Toronto, visit my parents and carpool students, which was a great business.
0: So backstory, I was also at Western doing a medical sciences degree and I was in second year. So he was two years ahead of me and we did not have any mutual friends at the time.
1: Nope. And I'm too ashamed to share which program I was in because I dropped out of my actual business program. So I think my program was just an undeclared social science program. Yeah, my grades were eh, in the 60s.
0: It took you some time to show me your transcript, your academic record. And I remember begging to see it. I wanted to be able to see all your vulnerable sides. And he got a 46% in a course. How is that even possible? Well, you know, the
1: funny thing is, I thought that was a bird course. I remember very vividly what the course name was. I think it was abnormal sex psychology. You know, I was like, sex, I'm a pro at that. No problem. Goes in, we're talking babies, trimesters, and all you sorts of
0: interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, I still don't know what that is. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> I had no clue what was going on in that class. And that was one of those classes where you had multiple, multiple choice. So you had A, B, C, then you had A and B, B and C, all of the above and none of the above. Yeah, I hated exam, which had compound question.
0: <laughs> Anyways, okay, coming back to our story. We met through a carpool service. I really liked the carpool service. It was $20 a ride most of the time. And I remember finding David on the Facebook group. And before I choose to go with somebody, I always do a background (laughs) check. And so I remember going through his photos. He had a girlfriend at the time. And I thought he was very fobby, not my type. He seemed overly obsessed with his girlfriend. I think they had a picture together of him snuggling her up. So I knew in my head, okay, definitely not my type. But at least we have some mutual friends. So I know he's not going to kill me or kidnap me.
1: Yeah, I don't usually do research on whom I'm picking up. The group on Facebook was a student group. So I felt like everyone was, I guess, safe. I don't know why, but my ex-girlfriend at the time, she was in a car. I think I had to drop her off. Also, I don't know why that day I was only able to get one passenger. In other words, I was losing hella money. The gas was not covered with this one trip. So she came out with her luggage. And of course, my girlfriend was there and I didn't want to seem too keen. And I thought it was a very beautiful lady.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: yeah. That I was thought your first thought? She was
0: sexy <laughs> and
1: beautiful and cute. But uh, as you can imagine, if your ex-girlfriend is sitting in the car, you probably don't want to make too much of a scene. The spy and eyes are on you.
0: Yeah, and, and it's so interesting thinking back because you were so dry to me the way you texted. When you came, you're like, I'm here with no emojis, no smiling face. You're outside. You looked very serious. And in my head, I was like, wow, this is going to be a boring, sad ride, which is fine because that does happen. Then went into the car and there was another girl sitting at the front. She did not make any conversations.
1: And surprise, surprise, I dropped her off and I changed in personality. It was what, weird. What was the impression of the <laughs> shift.
0: It was really weird you changed automatically the moment you dropped her off you told me hey come sit at the front and I remember being hesitant about it I was like no 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 it's okay I can just sit at the back you kept insisting so I sat at the front and you were happy within five minutes in the car you were a totally different person you were very chatty you were animated energetic and in my head, I was like, what is going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you tell how my last relationship went?
0: <laughs> yeah, down south.
1: Down south, real quick. No, I had a similar sentiment. Again, very attractive, beautiful young lady pulled up in my car. Of course, I wanted her to sit in the front so I can get a better look. You know how <laughs> tough it is. You know how tough it is to check somebody out from your you know back, what is that called? Looking back mirror. Um, So she came to the front. I was like, okay, okay, eight out of 10 on the bod. But the personality blew me away. Uh, We had a great conversation. You were very outgoing, which I really enjoyed. And I felt like our conversation was flowing. And I have to say, for the first time you met somebody, we shared a lot of very personal
0: stories. Right. We clicked instantly. I think in my head, I knew, okay, there's no way I'm dating this guy because he's already dating somebody else. And this guy just seems so open. So, Before we even got on the highway going home, we were already sharing really personal things about each other that we would not even share with our best friends. I did not care what you thought about me. I just went for it. I told you everything I was going through. I remember you even giving me some advice of what I need to do with my personal relationships.
1: I think this is one of those things where we're sharing stories of each other because we knew that we wouldn't see each other again so the story will be lost that's right we can't quite trace back to whom we were speaking about in the story so it really didn't matter which i think right. almost made it better in a sense that it helped us understand each other better and really just talk to each other unfiltered
0: so after that experience we also thought it would be nice to see each other once a year Because I remember telling him, you know what? I'm so busy with my own life. I don't have time to commit to new friends. I don't know what he's doing. So let's come up with this pact where every single year we'll just meet once. That way we don't get bored of each other.
1: Yeah. And and we prolonged that for probably three, four years. It was always good times when we caught up. Again, every conversation we had was very unfiltered, which really drew us close, I would say.
0: And we laughed a lot with each other too. I remember you being so funny. At that time in my life, I was really stressed with school, not really knowing what my next plans were going to be. With my relationships as well, I was not in a good place, I would say. But every time I hung out with you or talked to you, my emotions were completely lifted. I was so happy. And I had butterflies in my stomach in a good way. I had a crush on you, definitely, right away.
1: And then I dated somebody else after that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: here's my question. How did you feel at that time? You know, we were talking, we're hanging out once a year. And then you found out I was dating someone else.
0: So for a little bit more context, even though we hung out only once a year, during that summer of 2014, you broke up with your ex. And that summer you were single. We hung out once then. But we talked a lot on the phone and we texted a lot. We never video called at the time. It was all very pen pal-like. I had a big crush on you. I thought it was kind of my summer fling, my summer romance. That summer, I was supposed to be studying for my MCAT. So that's the admission test to get into medical school. And I completely bombed it because I was so distracted. I tend to get carried away with boys, I think.
1: <laughs> I, I like how you called it a summer fling. There was no flinging. It was just <laughs> friends talking over text. I don't know where yeah. the fling part Man.
0: Okay. But David is very flirty.
1: I'm just nice.
0: Oh, that's what flirty guys say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Again, I like I said, you know, very attractive lady, we were getting along super well on these car rides. Of course, I will try to work my charm into our text.
0: And I like that we were friends and we were also a little flirty. So, keeping it open-ended. It's not like I friends on you. I would never say, "Oh, you're just a friend." By the end of summer, you told me that you were dealing with two other girls. One confessed her love to you, but you never thought of her that way. Then you went for this other girl. And I was pretty heartbroken. I thought, wow, I wasted a whole summer on this. This is stupid. I'm going to cut him out of my life and never talk to him again.
1: You were heartbroken over your summer fling (laughs) when it wasn't even a summer fling. So here's a question. Who had dated more? prior to us dating each other. Maybe we should qual- qualify what's count what counts as it's dating. I would I would say
0: So who's comi- the more experienced dater?
1: So for me, it's not one, it's not two, not three, not four, <laughs> oh, not five, oh not six. Goodness. I can't really count, but it's definitely under 10. I mean, the, the people that I've dated, but how many dates I've been on, it's it's hard to gauge. Plenty. Plenty. But I think to be honest, to be honest, I think you probably had more dates with more unique individuals. You know what I mean? Like my yeah, I've been on dates with girlfriends and stuff like that, but I definitely haven't dated as many people. If we if we generalize the term date as in going on a date with somebody.
0: Yeah. And And at that time, how old were you? 22? So in my mind, I was like, wow, what a player. No way am I sacrificing my heart on the line for this. I don't think I went on that many unique individual dates. I have wow. had experiences. Um, but I people I think people have a funny perception of me that i I track a lot of boys or people. But in actuality, I am very reserved. You are also my second boyfriend. I don't mind it. I don't regret it.
1: No, I, I agree, and I think our relationship really took it to took to the next level. Uh, when I believe when I started working at Amazon, it was 2016, I want to say roughly, and I had to pull this little scheme. I mean, I haven't seen Liz for a very long time, and I wanted to to just see if she would still be interested in me. You know, after her summer fling phase but in 2014. Did you know,
0: how did she you know I was interested in you in the beginning? i didn't no? I, mean, I mean yeah you have there,
1: there's indicators you know it's like in conversation you just know that this person is interesting talking to you interesting in engaging in whatever conversation that you had planned or uh just seems genuinely quick to reply to messages and no no <laughs> not getting r-bombed you know that's that's a big key guys oh my you goodness, get r-bombed
0: those yeah, i you, do not hold myself together when i like somebody i'm I will reply instantly. I'm not the person who will try to put my phone down, not look at it and reply the next day to come off. Cool. I just hop on it. Oh yeah. What do you mean about not really knowing? I think I made it so obvious. I was trying to flirt with you so much. Remember we went to see this movie, how I met your dragon or how to, how to train (laughs) your dragon.
1: Yeah. How to train a dragon. I think cartoon,
0: how to train a dragon And we had the whole movie theater to ourselves. And in my head, I was not even focusing on the movie. I was focusing on you because I wanted something to happen. I was trying to make moves. I was trying to get closer to you. We never held hands. He kept it so PG and he never flinched. And in my mind, I was like, wow, am I really not attractive? Or am I really not making the moves correctly? And consciously, that made me want to do more.
1: See, guys, that's the move. You got to want, you got to make the lady want you more. And the (laughs) one way to do this is by not do anything that's expected in a romantic setting. Like she said, watching a movie, the whole theater to herself and uh, didn't make a move. At that time, I knew that she was, again, we're super compatible. And I really wanted something to be serious between us. I don't want to ruin it by making the wrong move. So I was very cautious. And also, deep down inside... I just really like cartoons. And when I saw the movie to myself, I'm like, gosh, I got to enjoy this, this cartoon and this whole experience of having a theater to myself. So totally forgot that we were on a friend date. Anyhow, I was trying to take it to the next level in 2016. You know, I was fortunate enough to work at Amazon and we were sent to go training in Florida. And I wanted to see if she was still interested. So what I did was I called her up and I said, Hey, I have a flight that's landing in Toronto. And I said, hey, can you pick me up and drop me off at Fairview Mall? And she agreed. And guys, that's a great move for me. I had no idea she'd still be willing to do that. And the best part, I save a ton of money from not taking an Uber or a cab. So,
0: Thinking back, wow, I really was whipped for you. (laughs) Haha, with my whip. (laughs) Because driving to Fairview, it was late. I remember waiting for you at the airport for hours I think your flight was delayed it was at nighttime as well I had to find a neighborhood sit there for a few hours kept checking my phone my phone was dying yeah I picked you up I was so excited I tried to look cute I put some makeup on and when I saw him I was very excited I was anticipating it I wanted a hug I was expecting for that to be reciprocated but in return He was completely flat, no emotions, no hug, just like a, hey, in the most monotonous voice.
1: (laughs) It's called acting (laughs) cool and keep keeping her on the loop to make sure that she still wants you. But to be fair, I did get you a little gift. I got you um bath bombs. spent a solid 15 US dollars on a gift, which she later on exchanged for some granola bars, which I don't understand <laughs> how that, I don't know what happened. My import of soap from US just got depreciated and devalued, but that's very unfortunate. It was
0: unfortunate. All buns for trading things. And it was a great way for me to purge some of the things in my room. So I dropped David off at the parking lot in a mall in Toronto, and I waited with him until his parents... Parents came. I was a little frantic because I was not expecting to meet your parents as well. It was, a night, it was a night of a lot of unexpected turns. I remember coming out of my car and saying, hi, your parents. And yeah, your parents are really nice. You said bye to me and left it off as that. My phone died. I was lost. The highway was closed. I took a detour. I came home completely exhausted. <laughs> okay. The moral was- of the
1: story... Don't pick up a random stranger that you haven't talked to for a year from the airport and drop him off wherever he wants to be dropped off. (laughs) And I I can't believe you didn't think you were going to meet my parents. You know, the funny story is, I think after the whole incident at Amazon, you know, she picked me up, everything went well. At that time, my mom's like, why aren't you dating this girl? I'm like, I don't know. She wasn't interested in me. She didn't make no moves.
0: They made so many moves, but you watched <laughs> it. You deflected it. I don't think you were interested in me.
1: No, I don't think so at the time. Like you said, right? I was wheeling and dealing. Uh, all jokes aside, we decided to go on a friend date uh, where we dressed up, mm-hmm. and I uh, let Liz pick the place to eat. That's probably one of the worst decisions in <laughs> my life. It's pertaining to uh, making financial decisions.
0: You said price point is not a factor. Yeah, I got to choose the place. It was a really nice restaurant downtown, right by the CN Tower. We were on like the top floor. Again, I had an amazing time with you. I came home feeling like I was on cloud nine and I thought you really could have been the one, but I never knew where you stood.
1: Yeah. My experience was just my wallet crying, but in all <laughs> seriousness, we had a great time. Gosh, that bill was like $300. And, then, and at that time, when I, when I got the bill, I looked at it and in my head, it just did the math. I'm like, okay, so I make about $30 something an hour. <laughs> And uh, this bill is $300. I have to work a day and a half just to pay <laughs> the bill pre tax. Oh, gosh. That was, yeah, that hurt my soul on my wallet. But oh. you know what, guys? At the end of the day, it's about achieving results. And I begged a good lady. So that's all that matters. <laughs> After that, I started working in the Amazon and I moved down to Mississauga. And the physical proximity really helped us progress our relationship to ultimately start dating.
0: That's right. We were going out on dates. Which we didn't know to call it dates. I think it was just a hangout. We never labeled anything. So everything felt very casual. It felt comfortable. We already knew each other quite well. But there was also a little bit of that flirtation. So I think it was the best balance between going on a complete date and being just complete friends. So I remember it was towards the end of summer, right before I was going to go back to Western for more schooling. We decided to hang out every single day that week before me going back. I don't know how David had the energy for this because he just started working at Amazon and they had very intense long hours. I think he was working about 12 hours. Then we would hang out after he finished working. Our dates were six to 10 hours long.
1: I think you need to add another 10 hours to that. It was more like 16 hours long. I remember there's times (laughs) that I got home at 2 a.m. in the morning and I had work at probably five, I had to get up at five. Oh. So I, I was running on three hours of fume, trying to learn the job. It was tough. But I think at that time, I was much younger, less gray. So I, I just made it work, right? When you find somebody that you truly think can be your life partner, you just go for it with no reservations. And that's what we did. After that, she decided to do her first master's in global health, which meant that she was going back to Western, aka she didn't get to med school. Big surprise, <laughs> summer flings, <laughs> you know? And um, she decided to go back to Western. And I had to pursue this relationship because despite of the fact that she's telling you that she's making all these moves, she didn't make no moves. She went back <laughs> and I had to ask to come up one weekend and she agreed to ask her, hey, do you want something serious? And she was still hesitant at that time, which, <laughs> that I which I didn't understand. You know, my dude, which is me, worked 16 hours at Amazon four days a week and had to drive up to London, which is another two and a half hours. And I asked her if she wanted to be serious and committed. And she was like, eh, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. We'll see how it goes. I was losing my hair by then. I'm like, come on, (laughs) let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. (laughs) Finally, she decided, okay, we can give this a try.
0: All these years, I've bottled up all these feelings, the anticipation, the tension between us. He finally kissed me the day before going back to Western. At that time already? I thought, okay, you know what? I'm ready to cut this off. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to, you know, forget about this guy, move on with my life because he made no movements. So when he did kiss me that night, it was not good. Wow. (laughs) I was, wow, kind of underwhelming. And (laughs) (laughs) I came home and I told my sister and Marga, because they were over that I don't think I like this guy that kiss was not what I anticipated so it's interesting because he's also one of the first guys that I kissed whom I really like
1: hey same with me yeah I mean I used to date wait people-
0: that's not true you dated nine people you're telling me you never liked those nine girls
1: no it was it was uh, of convenience I would say Oh my God, the that's babes.
0: terrible. I told you, he is a player back in the day.
1: No, what I have a problem with, what I have a problem with here is that usually people shit on their ex-boyfriends. Like, ah, he's a bad kisser. Ah, he's bad at sex. You can't be telling people that I'm a bad kisser. I mean, thank God. I never have to find a new person ever again, but man, you can't shit on me. You This is reserved for the ex-boyfriend episode, okay? Not Not this one.
0: That's too funny. Okay, well- It's not because you're a bad kisser. I'm the type of person to really get in my head. I'm nervous. I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I can't enjoy an interaction like that in a calm manner where I just let my emotions and the romance take me away. Mm. So it's not you. Maybe the kiss is really good, but it was a lot of things I had to process. And it was also new to me. I'm a noob.
1: Yeah, that's true. After the ninth first kiss, it kind of just wears out.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: eh, Lip touching lip, tongue touching tongue, whatever it is, what it
0: is. (laughs) But then over time, when we became more physical with each other, I kissed you more Then that's when I started to feel more at ease. And I really still do like it. Again, lots of hesitations getting into a relationship with this guy, this guy who I really liked, I wanted to pursue something, but a, a part of me was quite nervous of pursuing a more serious relationship with him also i am a huge believer that before you date somebody i don't know maybe it's only for girls or for me in particular when i have a connection with somebody that could be more of a romance i find that i release these pheromones that a bunch of guys start messaging me and reaching out to me and potentially flirting with me and it's so ironic because where are all these guys when I'm not pursuing somebody else? It's almost like a testament from God. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that was what was happening too, which I don't know if I've ever told you that.
1: Yeah, yeah. All these boys sliding into her DMs. No, (laughs) no, I know. Even nowadays, there are boys sliding in her DMs. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, these are all just bots. And for some reason, Chinese people texting her Chinese, (laughs) which I have to translate to her, which is extremely (laughs) awkward in my shoes. But yeah, ultimately, you know, she agreed to be girlfriend boyfriends and that's where we are today.
0: I have a question for you, babe. What are some key qualities in our relationship that are different than your previous relationship that has made our relationship sustained (laughs) and not another one of your apparent flings that you get bored of?
1: I think for me, it's the personality that really counts. And one specific thing that I noticed that you have that other people don't have, it's the heart of gold. She's always been somebody that put other people first before her. I just find that before she makes a decision, she always think about what that decision has or what impact it has on someone else's life. And she makes sure that she takes care of you before she takes care of herself. Like I said, she has a heart of gold and she deserves all the love in the world and all the appreciation she gets. So
0: that's how I think of you too.
1: Eh, I'm okay.
0: (laughs) But in terms of the key qualities that I found in you that makes me continue wanting to be in this relationship and be very committed, is that you have such a big heart. You're always so caring you're so generous. For example, when my mom comes home and she's carrying groceries and you're upstairs, you will run down to help her carry things in, even though she could do it on her own. So little things like that, that just blow me away. You are so thoughtful and you're always thinking about other people. Now that we've dated for four and a half years, I actually think I take advantage of that sometimes. So I'm trying to be more mindful of not abusing your thoughtfulness.
1: (laughs) I take joy in helping other people. And if even small things like helping mom carrying groceries, the lady's 70. She needs a break. If I can help and I can, my legs aren't broken from playing too much basketball. I'm there to help.
0: Even with my dad, he had a job to go fix a washing machine. He asked David to come with him. And so David, being the jolly old man that he is, he's like, sure, sir. He calls my dad, sir. (laughs) Just out of respect. Anywho, really sweet of you. With my dad, you came home having a blast because the lady tipped both of you $50. So that was your first job.
1: <laughs> Babes, it w- she didn't tip us. That's how much the money, how much the job was. It's $100 for the two of us to remove her laundry and dry <laughs> machine. And let me let me tell you, easiest 50 bucks of my life. Okay, I walked in. I, I think I tilted the, the laundry machine so we can <laughs> unhook the back. We loaded onto our trolley, brought it downstairs. Took us <laughs> less than an hour and both of us made fifty dollars each. I think that's one that's of those so things funny. that I gotta that's one of those things I gotta frame up, frame up uh, on my wall and leave it on the top side of my bed. But yeah, it was a great time. We had a great conversation and I think that ultimately brought us closer. It was not yeah. about the money to me at all. It was about having sharing an experience with pops. So before we end our episode, we're going to take this questionnaire with 36 questions. It was actually first published in 1997, and it's been made into a study which studies the compatibility of the couples. And apparently, six months after the study was done, two of the participants actually got married. So we're going to run through the first three questions in this podcast where Liz and I will answer these three questions earnestly. And we'll have a special episode where we would answer all 36 questions in a consecutive fashion. All right. The first question is, if you could invite anyone in the world to dinner, who would it be?
0: I think it would have to be my grandpa on my mom's side, someone that I've never met before. It would be really cool at this age for me to ask him a lot of questions that I've always had. Like, how was it like during the Vietnam War? Get a sense of who he was as a person. I hear bits and pieces from my mom, but I think that would have been a very interesting experience just because I've never grown up with a grandpa.
1: Oh man, way to steal my thunder. I was going to say the same thing, my grandpa. No way. No, seriously, I was thinking that, but it's not because I never grew up with my grandpa. It's because I grew up with my grandpa on my dad's side and we were super close. I think one of the proudest moments is a grandparents or as a parent, it's seeing your kid successful or your grandkid successful. Second question, would you like to be famous in what way?
0: If I would like to be famous, I think... It would have to be doing some sort of charitable work or working. I know it sounds so cliche, but the best time in my life was when I went to Uganda and I worked for the Kisisi Project, which is a nonprofit organization working with environmental conservation, health and education systems in rural Uganda. And that was honestly the happiest time in my life. I've never felt so fulfilled, purposeful. I felt complete.
1: Sorry, the reason why she said it's so cliche, it's not because you know it's a cliche thing to say. Uh it's because I threw up my hand in the air because she stole my thunder again. I, I just I can't believe it. I just can't <laughs> believe this. This is this is crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, <sighs> maybe it's maybe it's because we're doing well and we are really surpassing this questionnaire.
1: Oh, that's true. Oh, is that yeah, what it's saying? We're gonna be
0: we're truly gonna... in love.
1: According to the statistics that I read on the internet, it says that a couple apparently got married six months after. So we have until next year or January. So would I like to be famous? I think so. I think what I would like to be famous for, it's doing something that's charitable. I think it's important to be famous when you're doing something charitable because you have more leverage and pull. In order for me to get my message across, I need to be famous to bring in other charitable organizations or other people to assist or help in what I believe in, which is diversity and inclusion. The third question is, Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? And if you do, why?
0: So if it's a personal call, no. If I'm calling my family or my friends. But if it's a work call, when I'm calling a parent or I'm talking to my manager, I definitely have some notes and outlines of what I'm going to say. I even have a document on Word that says work phone calls. So I write down scripts of how to say something and how to communicate something.
1: As for me, I usually don't rehearse phone calls, but I think you brought up a very good point. It depends on what the purpose of the call is, whether it's work-related, whether it's personal. But in case you don't know, I just shoot from the hip, which is fortunate and unfortunate. A lot of times you find me stuttering or repeating what I'm saying. It's because my brain is just going so fast. I'm trying to get all the information across. (laughs) I don't necessarily have time to process what I'm going to say next. So I have to stutter and stall.
0: So that leads us to the end of this episode. We hope that you all were able to get a download of what we were like when we first met and where we are now. Stay tuned and thanks for listening.
1: And we can be found at keepingit.dl on Instagram as well as on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
0: Awesome. Have a great week, everyone.